0: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Draft 412's podcast. I'm Joe 412, and of course, we have our editor-in-chief, one of the four horsemen of the draft apocalypse, JT Toth, uh, with me. Tonight, we have a very special guest. He's calling in from South Florida this evening, Scott Morganroth. If you don't know who Scott is, you should find out. Scott has been in the media for over four decades, uh, and he's currently the owner of the South Florida Tribune, which is a digital platform that has both written content and big-time podcasts. And if you want to check them out, you can check them out on Twitter and a variety of other uh, sources. I'll let him tell you a little about the, a little bit about those later. And, of course, he is also a Motor City madmouth. And we're going to get into that tonight because we're not having him on just to talk about Florida. We're here to talk about the state of Michigan for two reasons. One, we've got the Detroit Tigers playing the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, in a really short two-game set here in the Berg. Um, and with that, Scott, welcome to Draft 412.
1: Oh, thank you very much for having me. I've been looking forward to the show since I was invited. Now we're going to go out there and have a, have a whole lot of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, it's it's the obvious question of the day is we were at the Major League Baseball trading deadline. Uh, and as part of that, the Pirates made a bunch of moves, but we're not here to talk about that tonight. We're here to talk about uh, you know, the Detroit Tigers a bit. So I want to test your Motor City knowledge here and throw you right on the clock. Um, you know, the Tigers are in town, as I mentioned, to play the Pirates, uh, and they made a, a you know a big move today they're trading a piece to the Phillies. Can you give us a, a little, your quick take on, on the trade and, and what else you see um, with the, any other moves that the, the Tigers might have made?
1: Well, nothing wrong with trading with your old general manager, Dave Dombrowski, right? You know, <laughs> last I heard, he was with the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, as far as the prospect that they ended up getting returned, let me go over that with you really quickly. And his name is actually how you Lee. And you know what? To me, if you asked me to promote, promote that again, I'd be in trouble. But I do know he's 20 and he's actually the number five pros, ranked prospect, according to MLB.com. So, you know, the Tigers are still in a little bit of a rebuild here. But let's face the reality. Michael Lorenzo, it's not like you're trading away a big name. You know, he did make it to the all-star game. He's looked good recently. But, you know, Tigers a little, the Phillies are looking to add a little bit of depth to their pitching staff. Tigers get another young prospect who's rated high. So I actually don't think this is a bad deal for either side.
0: Great. Let me throw it over to JT. He's got a question for you, too. Sure.
2: Um, What did you think of the Eduardo Rodriguez um, denying the trade? denying his trade to um to la
1: well i mean the la dodgers are one of the teams that he had veto power against so the way i look at it's it been, is he it was,
2: see, it was strange to see the dodgers on a on a no trade list which is sort of unique I'm used to see in pittsburgh on them uh no trade list but um
1: well maybe he didn't want to drive on the freeways for all we know <laughs> <and> <laughs> freedom,
2: how do i know crazy. that
1: all i can tell you is he didn't want to go there and you know what he exercised is right you know he did, maybe he's a little smarter than we thought maybe he thought the tax situation out in LA is too high and you know it's okay isn't so bad detroit i get to opt out go wherever i want and if he has a good year with the tigers he can now here's where it could backfire if he struggles the next 6 to 8 weeks then you know i <laughs> mean you got a different situation altogether, but hey, if you're a player and you have veto power against any particular city, well, you exercise the right that he has and elect to stay put in Motown and not Hollywood.
2: All right, Scott. We got three We got three sport teams here in Pittsburgh, but um, we always seem to tilt towards the Steelers in this town, of course. We're a big Steeler town. Uh, we'll be playing you guys in a preseason game coming up the Buccaneers and the Steelers one one question about the Buccaneers is on everybody's minds. Um, with Tom Brady's retirement, how much of a step back are, are Tampa Bay fans expecting this season? Like, do they still expect him to win, or do they, are they, they know they're not going to – they don't expect to win a division no more?
1: Well, you got Baker Mayfield, so he's going to get an opportunity one more time to prove that he's a starting quarterback there. He is. Now, Everything will go, they'll go as far as their wide receivers are concerned. That's what you have to have is solid wide receivers, tight ends, a running game. And let's face the reality, Todd Bowles will be under a lot of pressure. How much? I don't know. But we all knew it was inevitable that Tom Radio was going to retire. Kyle Trask, I believe, is the quarterback in waiting. Maybe they haven't seen enough of him yet to be convinced he's the starting quarterback. So it's really hard to tell. But, you know, I mean, the Buccaneers had a good run under Tom Brady. They they knew when they brought him in, he wasn't a quarterback prospect, okay, anything. But they were in win-now mode, and as a result, they did win. So, you know, we'll have to see. I mean, as much as I can't stand Baker Mayfield's antics on social media – and some of the things that he's done, you know, he do, he is a number one pick, former number one pick in the draft. The last thing you want to do is, you know, if you can avoid bus scat as you do it at all costs, and maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be the ticket where he doesn't have to be viewed upon as a bust. You know, and I'll give you another interesting piece of trivia. Many, many years ago, Jim Plunkett was drafted by the New England Patriots. And, you know, he underachieved by their standards. How did it work out when he wound up at the Oakland Raiders? Well, guess what? It took time, rejuvenated. And what do you think happened? Won a Super Bowl. So.
0: Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point, Scott. I mean, I, I was gonna ask you a question in and around this, and I think you'll see where I'm going. So sure. the, you know, the Bucks go out and they get a journeyman like like Mayfield to come in, who's had middling success, uh, but has talent. There's no doubt the guy has talent. Right. Uh, and then they a couple of years ago they went into the draft and they got Kyle Trask out of Florida. He's been waiting in the wings behind Tom Brady. Should we expect to see under who, which one of these guys are we going to see under center game one, or is this going to be developing into a quarterback by committee system? Or do you, you know, where do you see this going if if you're looking through it through your eyes?
1: Baker Mayfield's your week one starter. It's his job to lose. Period. They don't think that Kyle Trask is ready. That's all there is to it. So you might as well have a veteran. He showed a little bit of promise when he was with the Rams, when he engineered that incredible drive to win the against, I believe it was the Raiders, right? So it was. I, think, I still think that Baker Mayfield has some good years in him, but the only thing he ran into was when you're dealing with one constant. Change it after another in the head coaching area in the offense quarter. And I don't care what quarterback there, you're not going to win. So, but to, but to answer your question, I think he's your starting quarterback in game one and beyond until he finds a way to lose the job. This is a good opportunity for Baker Mayfield, and I hope he takes full advantage of it.
2: Okay. Hey, and yeah, we just got done with the NFL draft in May. Um, you can the Buccaneers took a couple Pitt Panther players um, that we got to see up close here in Pittsburgh, including your first-round pick, Kalaja Kansi, who I know is hurt right now. Um, he got hurt in uh, training camp. What What do you expect from from the local players, him and Servassier Dennis? I know Servasie was a fifth-round draft pick, a linebacker out of Pitt. Um, do you expect Kalaja to step right in, you know, when he comes back from the injury and about to be a starter and on the defensive end uh, for uh, Tampa Bay?
1: Yeah, I do. I really do. I believe that you don't go out there and lose your job to an injury unless it's a high t- position like quarterback and you feel you had a guy that had success and then you gave it to the other guy. Now, I'll tell you, I'm going to go back a little bit in time for the last Detroit Lions playoff win, and now we're going back, okay? I never believed in my right mind that Eric Kramer should have ever have been relegated to backup status the following year after he guided the Lions to the conference title game only to lose to the washington redskins so you know so i believe that if a quarterback gets hurt loses his job injury so be it There's bad luck by the same token when you're talking about any of the other positions if you have a high quality player somewhere else then what you have okay is anything is in play
0: you know, to JT's point, I mean, the, the Bucks had a draft. I think a lot of folks were thinking they may go quarterback, and when they went cansy, yeah, it surprised many, especially with a guy like Will Levis on the board. But if you had to judge the Buccaneers draft overall, maybe give them an A, B, C, right. D, F, where 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 would you put them, and w- what was the best move they made in the draft? Was it cansy, or was it somebody else? You know what? Here's what I think of the draft, okay? It's a crapshoot.
1: I, I'm not one of those paper people here that likes to sit here and just say it was a great. No, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the fifth on that because <laughs> uh, there's really no exact science. I mean, once upon a time, what well, we did the Lick test. Who really cared about that? And knew what it was. Dan Campbell calls the scouting combine. Okay, these guys are practically in pajamas and not hitting each other, right? Well, I mean, that's what it is. So, to me, I. Lots of draft experts, okay, will look at the draft like, well, we won on paper. Great. Talk to me in September through December, January, and we'll see really who won. Now, I'm sure you guys do a great comprehensive draft program there, but I don't care if you're a draft. I don't believe in mock drafts or any of that business. I really don't. Okay. Okay but the reality is I don't like to predict who's going to do well. Sometimes guy, well, I mean you want to take, go back to Tom Brady, the guy was uh 6th round Joe Montana 3rd round pick. How do you figure? You tell me. So I, I think when I look at the Buccaneers is I'll I'll what we call a TBD to be determined.
0: Fair enough.
2: All right. Hey, besides losing Tom Brady, you guys uh the Tampa Bay also lost Mike Edwards, Leonard Fournette, Um, Shaq Mason and Donovan Smith, all guys who were pretty much starters for the full season last year. Um, Do you consider Tampa Bay in a rebuilding mode, or do you think they're just reloading and trying to win with what they have right now?
1: You know, they're not rebuilding and they're not reloading. So I have to do something that former Detroit weatherman Sonny Elliott used to do way back in the day. And we'll just call it, let's see, we got relo- reloading and rebuilding, uh, re bloating. Okay. That? <laughs> so what was to say re, okay, building, but apart, and then bloating. Okay. I'll just say a combination of both.
0: <laughs> Never heard of reloading before?
1: I got news for you. I made it up.
0: So I know you said before you don't like making predictions, but we all make predictions. Okay. Uh, where do you see Tampa finishing this year in the NFL or the NFC South? Uh, are they going to be competitive, uh, or is this a six and eleven team? Or where do you see them?
1: I can see seven and ten, probably third place. Definitely Maybe good. six and eleven, either of those, third place. Got I mean, you have to look at the what you have that has. New Orleans improved? Well, you know, I mean, let's face the reality. They brought in, was it, uh, Derek Carr, right? So you would hope he's an upgraded position from where they were at. You know, Carolina looks like they've assembled a great coaching staff for Bryce Young. And then who do we have left, Tampa and then Atlanta? Atlanta. Yeah, I don't know what to expect out of Atlanta. I really don't.
0: I'm yeah, Desmond sure. Ritter is questionable quarterback and with
2: Bijan and um Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts. I mean, they got a nice
0: a Drake London.
2: Yeah, Drake London. They got a nice, they got nice pieces for uh Desmond Ritter. It's just a matter of them putting it together. And I can see what you're saying with the seven and um the seven and ten record wow. for uh Tampa Bay, but they are in a division where it wouldn't be shocking to see any of them four teams come out of that division. I think they're all pretty pretty much in an even kind of kind of position it ain't like the um it's sort of like the AFC North AFC North has better teams I believe but same kind of situation with Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincy, and Pittsburgh they all could I wouldn't be shocked if any of them came out so
1: Well I mean listen you, you, you're really really right JT Nobody would be surprised in that division for anything Don't they usually have a new division winner every year anyhow so yeah I mean it's one of those divisions where you might as well go to the crap table wherever you can gamble and then roll the dice because one of them is bound to be right, and bingo. If you're if you're lucky enough, you might make it, have a little bit of a payday there.
0: Well, you know what? Go ahead, JT.
2: No, go ahead. I was going to go on to the next thing, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah I was going to say we, we only have a few minutes left in the show. We want to cover the Lions for sure. I know that that's my second favorite team as you know, uh, former Michigander, even if it was for this much time.. Right. Uh, I fell in love with uh, them during the Barry Sanders run um when i was younger and and uh so i'm excited covered to
1: get- the barry sanders era that was
2: fun to watch
0: it was fun to watch and you didn't pick up on my less shifting gears motor city mad mouth either i was trying to throw a little bit of a pun in there but we'll put that aside for now that's okay yeah i i, I will defer to jt to go first here but i, I want to get your opinion because i think everybody is excited about the lions this year but Good JT, I know this is you're you're, yeah, you, you're up first on this one.
2: Yeah, you you guys at Lions, you are are making names for yourself right now. The casinos, your uh, odds to win the Super Bowl are a lot higher all of a sudden. Um do, do you believe in that? Do you think that they that, that this could be the year for Detroit? I mean, at least a division win this year?
1: Division's very possible. Super Bowl, no, not yet. I need to see a stellar year out of Jared Goff. I really do. Yeah, they they Certainly have good wide receivers. They've added some running back depth. And I have to see how well the defense is. I mean, the Lions never had a national television appearance last year until they ended up getting the last one here against Green Bay. And now they have four or five more of them. So, you know, it's one of those things. Jared Goff, it, remember, once upon a time, he took the Rams to the Super Bowl, but they lost. So it's not like this guy hasn't won playoff games. And, you know, again you can't forget about their offensive coordinator staying there and not taking another job. So, you know, that offense could be explosive, but the one thing the lions can't do is read into their hype and all that. They have to focus on playing football and good football or this thing could blow up very badly.
0: Well, you know, It's funny that you mentioned that because I, I love talking offense here. And one of my, and JT can, he can attest to this. One of my favorite, draft picks of this draft for any yes. team was jameer gibbs uh i wanted the steelers to take him at 17 right. uh, if he was still there and the lions at, at, the combine, him.
2: at the combine the first thing joe looked at me and said was what do you think if the steelers would take jameer Gibbs?" he's had like in a second round which would which was about where where we thought he would go at the time and um he, he talked me into it. I was like, I wouldn't mind Jameer Gibbs at all.
0: Yeah, because the Steelers had that first pick overall in the second round, and I thought if he slid through the running backs, Bijan Robinson would go. I wasn't sure if any other running backs would go. Uh, and he is such a weapon. I watched him at Georgia Tech. I watched him at Alabama. And right. the Dan Campbell and company have put faith into this guy, and we know we're going to see him used in multiple sets, multiple – even in the slot, perhaps, as a receiver – um, I'm excited to see him, but is is Gibbs the guy that puts the Lions offense over the edge? I mean, he is is he that one weapon they were missing?
1: It's very possible. And I'll tell you what, when the Lions made that draft choice, they didn't view him as a running back, they, they viewed him as an offensive weapon. So there's a difference between the way the running back pays scale is sliding and a guy that can do multiple things. Can you have ever have imagined? If Barry Sanders could catch the backfield, how many more yards he would have had. (laughs) I mean, I saw this guy play. I covered him at that time. Talked to Barry, one of the most level-headed guys you'll ever meet. I mean, he's just unbelievable. But the Lions viewed him as an offensive weapon, Gibbs. And you know what? When you can have a guy that does two or three things, yeah, I guess you could say, that's possible, but remember, they've tried to draft a lot of other running backs in the past, and many of them fell to injury. Javid Best seemed like a good pick at the time. Kevin Smith, the kid out of Central Florida, had a lot of yards. They moved up to get him. Injury stopped him. And a list of bad luck goes on and on. Now, am I trying to curse this guy? No, I'm not, because the only thing that will be different with him is you don't depend on him to go north and south, but east and west by the pass as well as the Screen pass. So, there were the concussion I, problems that other ones have had may not become the case here. Go ahead,
0: because yeah, because I, I think that everybody that night thought it was a bit of a reach to get him where they got him. But you know, if you if that's what you need, if that's the piece that puts you over the top, uh hey, it was a pick well spent. They did the same thing with with Jack Campbell later in the first round. They they, right. they had the two picks, and he was a guy that was you know a second, perhaps even a third round guy. But if you needed a guy in the middle and he's going to be a tackling machine, you go out there and, and and you get it. And Dan Campbell wasn't ashamed. He wasn't looking at the Mel Kiper board. He didn't look at the draft four one two board and say this was too high. He went out and got the guys he needed and fill in the, the pieces of the puzzle that he wanted to. So uh, I'm glad to hear you say that. And, and, JT, I'll give you the last word before we move on to the lightning round.
1: Well, can I add
0: one more thing, please? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And, and that's this, okay. Dan Campbell, there's a certain type of player that – We'll play for him. How quickly did the Lions get that Aiden Hutchinson pick right up to the podium? They didn't care about dragging it out 10, 12 minutes. They didn't care. He's our guy. I want him. He's the type of guy that has that mentality you know, of a blue-collar type of hungry horse. And those are the types of guys that Dan Campbell looks for. And and Brad Holmes is a modern-day Einstein when it comes to general manager fleecing one team after another. He's a guy I wouldn't want to deal with.
2: Well, Scott, so you gave good. a good you gave a good segue earlier about the bad luck the Lions have had over yeah. the last how many decades. Right. Should we should we sleep on wide receiver Jamison um. Williams? Um, I remember we did a lot of um we did a lot of covering him in college, and the, the kid's electric, a great receiver. Uh, I know, but between the injury last year, he got drafted with an injury, missed only played a couple games last year, he had one catch for forty three yards and a touchdown, and then yeah, of course the um the gambling issue. He's gonna miss the first half of the season again. Do you do you think we should sleep on a guy like Jamison Williams? Are you still a big believer that he could be a part of that offense?
1: Well I know he can be a part of the offense. They brought in Calvin Johnson to try to mentor the kid and tell him to uh, grow up is what they've done. And anybody in that organization will tell them that. You, you know, let's face the reality, you traded up to get the guy from Minnesota. You want to certainly see a return on investment there. So the kid has a talent. But does he have the maturity to match the talent? I wouldn't give up on him. But boy, I'll tell you one thing you know, he's going to learn the hard way that NFL careers come and go if you don't play it straight. And they usually end within the first two or three years if you're not showing any kind of progress at all. I agree with that.
0: Well, hey, Scott, we have a few minutes left. We usually, when we have guests on, we do something for fun. At the end of our shows, we have a lightning round. And I've got three questions for you. <laughs> Uh, okay. and I, it's going to be, you could give one word, one sentence answers. Uh, and if it breaks down because you said something that's outrageous, we might talk about it a little bit. Uh, but I, I'm going to ask you first, JT second, then I'll give you my answer third. Okay. All right. So you ready? Go ahead. All right, your f- the first question in the lightning round is your favorite Detroit tiger of all time.
1: My favorite,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, <laughs> I'm going to say Mickey Lolich.
0: That is, I did not expect that. So you caught me right off the gate, right off the bat. So explain that one. Why is he your favorite? Wins
1: three games in the World Series against the St. Louis Cardinals. Pretty good, especially when Lou Brock
0: and Bob Gibson were on that. Yeah, you can't beat that. Doesn't
1: hurt that he was on one of my shows in the past, and that (laughs) the guy that's the author of his book.
0: Well played, well played,
1: and the author of his book uh, with Mickey Lowledge, Tom Gage. So yeah, I'll show a little bit. Of, and if you go to my Facebook page or so, I'm sitting next to Mickey Lowledge. So I'll
2: say Mickey Lowledge.
1: How about you, JT?
2: You know, I was always a, uh, Alan Trammell front, uh, fan loved Alan Trammell. I loved him in, uh, I remember collecting baseball cards as a young kid, him and sweet Lou Whitaker up the middle. I used to love Oh City. yeah,
0: that was a that was a great shortstop second base combo, wasn't it?
2: And I sort of rooted for Detroit back in the day. I really didn't have an American league yeah. team, so I, I I didn't mind Detroit.
0: Mine was a little mine's a little bit offbeat. I, I like Mickey Tettleton. You know, nice. he was catcher, 20 home run guy, leader of that team, just would bomb balls. <laughs> I mean it was fun to watch back in the day. So that's that 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 would be my my favorite. Uh
1: well, see all three time. of us got some pretty interesting names, and unfortunately, none of them had to do with Al Kaline or Ty Cobb. I didn't see Ty Cobb play. All I've done was, and Al Kaline's a heck of a player that I <laughs> well, did those, interview. Those were the so easy like.
0: ones, you know. I think that was the thing for me. I mean, they, they were way before my time, way before JT's right. time. So, yeah, uh, but, but I like the choices all three of us had. I think they're really good. Very yeah, good. Good. All right. Question number two. Okay. Your favorite Miami Dolphin, because I know that we talked about the Bucks tonight, but I know you're a Dolphin fan. Uh, and this is a no-brainer, I think, for JT and I. I think we already know who we're going to say, but I'm going to throw it open to you. Yeah, I know who you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I got to tell
1: you stories about him all day long, but I, I, since I'm dealing with a Pittsburgh audience, I'll refrain from that. <laughs> My favorite Miami Dolphin, believe it or not, of all time is Coach
0: Don Shula. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's not a bad choice. JT,
2: you know what? I was going to say Marina about. I'll give you that so you can uh you can shove it in uh Dave Finoli's face all right writer Dave Finoli who thinks Kenny Pickett's better than Dan Marino. <laughs> I'm going to go I'm going to go with the Marx brothers, man. I used to love the Duper and Clayton combo back in the day when I was a kid. I thought that that was one of the coolest things watching football back then. And one of the greatest games I remember ever watching. I don't even um was the Miami San Diego game. That's still one of the best NFL football games of all time. The game that Callan Winslow had to get um
1: Yeah, I remember that.
2: Gary down the field and Dan Fox was quarterback in for Detroit. That was one of the best games I ever watched in my life. But well, here's
1: a little bit of food for thought too. I wrote a story when I was covering the Dolphins back then of Mark Duper
0: and Mark Clayton. How do you like that?
2: I love it. I, I used to love watching them too play a the
0: yeah, I, yeah I think you know and you're right. I am going to choose Dan Marino. I think that's the obvious choice for any Pittsburgher, but I remember that the 85 Bears going in on Monday night and it, their only game they lost was to that combination of Marino to Duper, Marino to Clayton all night long and he was bombing them. Uh and I just I really, you know, it's one of the games I remember uh from that era very succinctly uh and just, you know, I'm I'm you know, just of course i'm a pittsburgh so i love Dan marino so final question scott before i let you tell everybody where you're where they can reach you okay. um and i'm gonna go back to michigan for this one and i'm gonna go back to my roots in hockey favorite detroit red wing well, i'm going Gordy Howe all day long it's a hard one not to i figured you might be a how guy how about you jt
2: I've always loved CVY, uh C V Wiseman. I love the way he played the game, love the way he, I think he's a great GM now. I think the guy the guy's good at everything he does.
0: Yeah, I I I'm an Eiserman guy too, so we'll agree on that one tonight. And Scott, thank you very much for being on Draft 412's podcast. Tell uh, everybody where they can find you. Sure. Thanks very
1: much. <clears throat> you can f- find us on our website, ww.southflorathribune.com, Twitter at Tribune South, and the biggest thing, please, is uh Subscribe to our, our YouTube channel, South Florida Tribune YouTube channel. So, go to YouTube, look for South Florida Tribune, and please subscribe. You'll get to see all of our shows on there, and we have a lot of different shows for a lot of different people. So, and our and if you want to email me, South Tribune at gmail.com gets it on. Um, so between South Florida Tribune YouTube, Twitter, email, website, that pretty much sums sums it up. And I'm going to throw one little curveball at you. Honorable mention for the Red Wings would be goaltender Mike Vernon, the guy that went out there and snapped that long Stanley Cup drought.
0: Just yeah, like- and he just he just got his his come up. He did literally just got in the Hall of Fame, so good for him. Yes. So, wait for uh, on behalf of four one two again, Scott. Thanks, and for those of you that are watching, that are uh, draft four one two fans, don't forget to t- tune in uh, this coming Friday at noon. Uh, we're going to have a show with, you know, JT and Emmett Mann, our Penn State reporter talking about Penn State football in the upcoming season. Again, everybody, thank you very much for joining us this evening.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome.